Merge Church this morning. Anybody come here to praise the name of your Savior this morning? Come on, let me hear you say hallelujah. We're going to ask you to stand up to your feet right now. We come to make his name and make his praise glorious this morning. Come on, clap your hands right now.
says, you serve a God in Jeremiah 29 and 11. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are thoughts of good and not, not of evil. And so we know that we serve a God who is intentional about the plans that he has for us. Amen. Y'all have a singing song. Cause he's intentional.
an awesome God this morning, and I'm so, I'm so excited to be here with you guys this morning to worship and praise. We know about his love for us, that he would stop for nothing to get to us. So I don't know where you are right now, but I want to encourage you that we serve a God who loves us with all, all abandoned, with just for us. singing over me. You have been so, so
no shadows. Hey. Somebody got to understand that love that he has for us. There's no one you're going to kick down. There's no place you're going to go. Coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. God, we love you, and we thank you that your presence met us here, that everywhere we go you are, and that you are resting in this place, in this moment. We love you, and we know that you will be with us as we move forward in service, all for your glory, all for your honor, all for your praise. It is all for you, God. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Be seated. If you can, good morning, good morning, good, good morning. morning. I always feel like Pastor Jesse every time I say that three <laughs> times in a row. But we do bid you good morning, and we thank you for joining us here in person for Converge Live. We thank you, Converge Nation, for joining us online via live stream. And if this is your first time worshiping with us, too bad you are now family. We thank you for joining us as well. If this is your first time with us, we do have a small gift for you. So we ask at the end of the worship experience that you would join our pastors out by the Welcome Center. Again, it's a small gift. It's just a token of appreciation. And it's our way of saying thank you so much for choosing to spend a portion of your day with us. Guys, I don't know if y'all have been with us for the past few weeks, but God is doing big things at Converge. Yeah, yeah. Amen. We are excited about it, and we want you to join us. So the best way for you guys to stay in the loop on everything everything that God is doing right here at Converge is to connect with us on our social media platforms. There you will find all the most up-to-date and current information about everything that Cassie and I are going to share with you today and more. So follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at We Are Converge. You can find us on TikTok at Converge Church. We also want to make you aware that Converge Students is back, you guys. Ooh. We are so excited about that. They are not meeting today.
today, but I want to let you guys know in advance for next week, Converge Students is meeting every second and fourth Sunday at 10 a.m. in the rail. So if you have a middle school student from sixth to eighth grade or a high school student from ninth to 12th grade, somebody out there is excited about that. Join us, our student leadership team is preparing. They are praying for your students and we want you guys that have middle school and high school students to take advantage of what we're offering. Have your students join us over in the rail at 10 a.m. on second and fourth Sundays. You won't be disappointed. Amen. Yes, and if you haven't checked it out and done your own self tour of the church, the rail is an awesome, cool space. I wish I had that growing up in our church home, so we are so blessed to have that. So uh, take a peek at it. Um, speaking of, as you may have noticed walking through, they were doing some renovations, some cleanup now that this is our church home. So the work is just beginning. So we are asking you to join us over the next uh, several weekends on Saturdays for our church work days. We yes. get to work. Um, we'll Let's have be excited about that one too. Yes. <laughs> uh, various different projects of, of cleaning things out and storage, landscaping, all kinds of different things. So we will have a way for you to sign up to volunteer for different shifts or for the whole Saturday morning. That would be awesome. Um, but if you have an act for organizing and you really want to get in the storage with us, we are very excited to do some yes. of that. Or if you like planting or right we've got the whole list of different things so uh, nonetheless uh, your hands and your hearts are what we're asking for over the next several weekends starting next weekend 8 a.m. the shifts are 8 to 10 or 10 to noon but of course we will be happy to have you hang out with us all Saturday morning um, that will be leading through October as we get closer to our building dedication that I'll talk about in just a minute but um, we certainly want your help to get us ready for that also coming um, is our fast forward I, do, I don't know about you but I've been anticipating this for greatly of our fasting uh, for several years uh, that we've been a part of it. I thought it's been an amazing um, time that our pastors lead us through intentional prayer and fasting um, through getting this church building. We've had some very intentional fasts. Uh, we know it works. Um, and also just as a time to carve out and have focused, intentional goal setting prayers with God. So we want you to join us for our fast starting on September 25th, running through October 1st. Again, we'll send out more information about that, um, but we'd love for you to join us for our fast. And then last, but certainly not least, is our building dedication weekend yes. that is coming October 28th uh, through the, the whole weekend. There's going to be a lot of activities, a lot of festivities, more to come on that. But um, let me just say, get excited, mark your calendars. It is going to be the biggest celebration that any of us have ever, ever collectively had together, um, we could just show up and have have it be done because we are so excited for this building. But um, join us for that weekend, mark it in your calendars. And then last uh, but not least from us is I'm going to call on Pastor Wendy to come join us for an announcement. Well, good morning, everyone. For those of you who may be joining for the first time, I say good morning. I am Pastor Wendy. I belong to Pastor Ray. You don't see me most Sundays because I'm back, back in children's church. But Pastor Ray and I have the awesome opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 16 or 16, 18, that a man's gift will make room for him. This actual translation says, and bring him before princes or bring him before important people. But I want to 
stick with that first part. A man's gift will make room for him. And if I could have liberty, I would say, and bring extra gifts. But we don't add on to the word of God. But I'm going to have Brian and Cassie come. If you all remember about two weeks ago when we announced that we were able to purchase the building, we also had another surprise. Someone did a portrait of my mother-in-love, Pastor Ray's mother, who is now with Jesus. And so if I could have Kia Gibbs make her way to the stage. When Kia did that presentation, is Kia here? When Kia did that presentation, uh, she didn't know who was watching. My mother brought us up. I'm from Ypsilanti, Michigan, and my mother used to say, be careful what you do. You never know who's watching. And so this is one of those situations. Someone was watching and then spoke to Kia. They kind of wanted to be a little bit of an they wanted to be a little anonymous, but Kia will know. Kia did a beautiful portrait of uh, my mother in love. Kia is supremely shy. So this is <laughs> a terrible situation for her. But when you did the portrait, she was she didn't really want to do it. She was afraid that she wouldn't do it justice. And then the Lord spoke to her. And so she stepped out. I know that that was an emotional risk. She had talked to me. We were talking behind Pastor Ray's back. And you were like, I don't want to mess it up, but I think I can do it. The Lord spoke to me and she stepped out on faith. Well, someone stopped her after church and was like, oh my goodness, that was wonderful. And you shared about your supplies and how they were very basic supplies. And she did a, let me tell you, when we got home, Pastor Ray put it on the mantle. You know how when you get new shoes and you put the shoes on the side of the bed and you just look at them? Pastor Ray had the Oma's picture up in the living room. We are bringing it to the church, but he had it out. He just looked for it all week until he decided to bring it to the church. But someone wanted to bless you because you shared that you had just very basic Walmart supplies. Well, honey, you've been upgraded. Somebody has gotten you a table easel and you have top of the line, top notch canvases, paints, top notch brushes. And so somebody wanted to sew into your life so you can continue to be great. So we thank you, but they recognize your gift. So thank you so much. I'm not sure. Is she here? Is our blessing here? Okay, wave your hand. Yes, she's here, so you can hug her on your way back to your seat. So, she also wants to talk to you about, have you talked to her about the other portrait? Girl, we're trying to get you working. We're trying to get you off the nine to five, and you could just have on some overalls and just be painting all over the state, all over the country. So we thank you, and your gift has made room for you to do and be exactly what God created you to be, and that is an artist. So congratulations and thank you. All righty, well, we're, I'm going back to Children's Church because we're talking about David and Goliath, and our kids are going to be learning how to take the giants in their lives down, but I'm going to invite the good giant in my life to the stage. Look Come on, at somebody. Him. Just a walking mug of hot chocolate. Come on over here, Pastor. <laughs> Ain't nobody mad but the devil, baby. <laughs> A man's fineness will make room for him and bring him before church stages.
when you're married, this too is holy. But we won't distract yes, your service time. We will be kind to the single people. But Pastor Ray is going to get ready to, to talk about giving. And I'm going to leave your fine self here. Ushers, I need some bodyguards after church because it might be a Jezebel that just decides she want to try me out on woman that I got something for that, you know. Okay, so I'm going to go on back to Children's Church. But, you know, I, I need some bodyguards for all of this. Oh, wow. Love you, baby. Come on, show your love for Pastor Wendy. My rock. My mocha princess. We love you. Love you, love you. Amen. Well, this is our Blessed Life segment, and uh, this is unusual. This is not typical for me. Uh, but, man, we're just in such an exciting season as a church. That I just want to take a moment, first of all, to thank you for your history and consistency of generosity. Uh, we're here uh, because you guys have embraced one of our core values here at Converge, which is generosity. And the way we define generosity at Converge is simply this. We live with an open hand, not a clenched fist. Now, if you're a guest with us this morning, this part of the worship experience is not for you. This part of the service is for those of you in person and online who have chosen to call Converge Church your home. Uh, we're going to do a couple of things this morning, and I just want to invite you to prayerfully consider everything that I share next. Uh, the best way I can describe the ongoing notable miracle that God has done for us is simply like this. Uh, you've got a rich uncle, and he gives you a brand new Escalade. Now you've got to buy the premium gas. Now you've got to pay the insurance. Come on, somebody. Now you got to pay for the maintenance. And God has been so gracious that he's given us a brand new Escalade, this 26,000 square foot facility, debt free. Now, I'm going to talk about that a little bit because guess what, y'all? Uh, our rich uncle is in the building this morning. Amen. Our rich uncle is in the building this morning. And what I love about this other side of this notable miracle is that our rich uncle is one of us. Uh, we're going to tell the story here shortly. But we want to invite everybody to participate in this ongoing miracle. This is a season of uncommon favor. And I like to qualify everything I'm about to say by the fact that uh, you've never, well, in the history of our church, I've only done one series on giving. And you'll rarely ever see me standing on this platform to receive an offering because we trust God to move upon the hearts of his people. I just want to share a quick testimony as you prepare your hearts to give. And if you came prepared to give, the ushers are in the aisles. They have envelopes. You want to make sure you fill out that envelope in its entirety because we want to make sure we give you full credit for your gifts this morning. Every gift to Converge Church is tax, tax deductible. Uh, so slip up your hand if you came prepared to give. But um, uh, as you, you may have noticed, and, and let me just say it this way, uh, uh, pardon our progress, right? Uh, when you came in, you probably saw some of the sheetrock and, and that, uh, that had been damaged because we pulled down some of the, the branding that was in place for the church that uh, previously owned this facility. So we are a work in progress. Uh, we will continue to make improvements and we will also brand this facility specifically for Converge Church. But as we started this journey, there was a gentleman who had been a friend of Converge and uh, he reached out to me and he said, hey Ray, um, actually I reached out to him because he's 
in the construction business. And I said, hey, do you know any painters, anybody you've worked with before? And he gave me the name of a guy that he wanted me to call to get an estimate, to get a quote, and I called that guy. And his estimate came in about $30,000 higher than the other estimates that I got. So he sent me a text back and he said, you know what, Ray, man, we believe in what you guys are doing at Converge. You know what? I'll take care of the paint. Come on, somebody. So this was probably about three weeks ago. So last week I reached out to him. I said, hey, man, I'm really excited because we're about to, to give the, 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 the building a facelift and the painters are coming. We've got them scheduled. And there was no response. I reached out to him a second time by phone and there was no response. On Monday morning, I sent him a text. I said, hey, man, uh, listen, I know you're super busy, but I just want to let you know uh, that the painters are coming tomorrow. Uh, no response. Last week, I shared something with you that I felt the Lord impressed upon my heart. And it was simply this. As we go through this next phase that we're calling phase one, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, God, uh, Ray, talk to me about the need and I will talk to my people about their part in meeting the need. I'll say that again. And if you go back to the service last week, it's on record that I said the Lord spoke that to my heart. So while I'm trying to text this person because of a commitment that they made, the Lord spoke to me again and said, Ray, didn't I tell you talk to me about the need? And I will talk to my people about their part in meeting the need. I said, absolutely. 30 minutes later, 30 minutes later, I get a phone call from somebody who calls up and says, you know, Pastor Ray, I was waiting to take you and Pastor Wendy to, to dinner to do this. However, I just want to get it done because I know how busy you guys are said, I tried to do it online, but there's a limit to how much you can do online. But this is the number that I want to do. The exact amount for what we need to cover paint. That this person who made the commitment initially, who was now ghosting me, was what the Lord put on this person's heart. Because when you talk to God about the need, God will talk to his people about their part in meeting the need. So when you come to Convert Church, we're never going to twist your arm. We're never going to pressure you. We're never going to coerce you. All we ask you to do is respond to what God is telling you to do so that you can do your part in fulfilling this ongoing miracle. A young lady said this said, I tried to get my dad to come to church, but he just wouldn't come to church. He passed away recently, and we sold his home. And out of that, I want to sow this seed into what God is doing at Converge Church. Even though she couldn't get her dad to come to church, his legacy, his legacy will remain right here at Converge Church. What am I saying? Last week, we shared a little bit about what Malak did. Unsolicited. This week, I'm sharing what God did through another individual. The only reason I'm not saying her name is because I didn't have her permission. 
But over the next several weeks, as God begins to tug on your heart, listen to me, if God asked you for a seed, he already has a harvest in mind. And the harvest is always bigger than the seed. This is an invitation for you to participate in the miracle. You can elect to do it or not. It's between you and your God. What I do know is that every single need will be met in order for us to do what God has called us to do. So one, one more time, let's just show our love. She's anonymous, but for this second gift that is going to take care of all the paint around this building that you saw when you came in, come on, you can get excited for this person. Unsolicited. Yeah, yeah. So as you're preparing your gifts, you can do it in person, you can do it online. In fact, this morning I'm starting a brand new series called Planted. And this is what the scripture says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You cannot expect a harvest from God. In fact, you cannot expect a harvest in life if you never put seed in the ground. Yeah, the farmer doesn't show up expecting a harvest if he's never planted anything. Most of us ask God for a harvest and we never put any seed in the ground. And I don't care how long you pray. I don't care how long you cry over the land. Ain't nothing coming out of that ground if you didn't put anything in it. So there's absolutely no pressure. If you wonder why there's no harvest, ask yourself, did I plant anything? So I'm going to close out with this. There's multiple ways for you to give. If you have the app, you can give on the app. You can give on Cash App, all, the, all of these opportunities. We want to give you an opportunity to participate in this ongoing miracle. And God will multiply your seed back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. All right. Uh, I don't do this often, but I got to do this this morning. Um... So you guys have heard me tell a little bit about the story. Uh, when this building went on the market, we had some money in reserve, but it was nowhere enough to make this happen. God used someone to do the heavy lifting for us. And what I love about the miracle is not that only that this building is paid for debt-free, that somebody donated the, the Escalade to us, the person who donated the Escalade to us is one of us. And I just wanted to take some time, man, this morning to encourage you. No matter where you are, I want to encourage you, okay? We want to encourage you. I'm not putting pressure on you to do something you can't do. I want to encourage you to say that no matter where you are right now in your life, trouble don't last always. And that this too will pass if you'll simply trust God through the process. So listen, uh, I'm going to start calling him Unc because <laughs> our rich uncle's in the building who made this possible for us with one stroke of a pen. Everybody show your love for one of our very own. Y'all know him. <laughs> Y'all going to be blown away. 
uh, because this is this is the Lord's doing. Come on, everybody, show your love for Ken Alexander. Ken, why don't you come? Ken, why don't you come? <laughs> ah! Grab that mic. Grab that mic, bro. Grab that mic. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on down, Ken. Show your love one more time for my dude. Ken Alexander. Amen. Love you, man. All right. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit. Yes, sir. Are you social distancing? That's what you're doing? <laughs> you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Listen, the reason I wanted to introduce Ken and share his story is, is because Ken is one of us. In fact, Pastor Wendy often refers to Ken as our first son in the faith. Several years ago when we planted Converge Church, uh, back then it was City Church. City Church, yes, sir. Uh, Ken was one of the, the, the members of our launch team. And Ken would do everything and anything that we needed to be done. So if it was set up and tear down, Ken was there. If it was playing music, because Ken's a musician, he would play the drums, he would play the keys. He did whatever was necessary. There's a reason I'm emphasizing that. About two years into the church plant, Ken came over to, and back then we had downsized. We, we had moved from Little Elm to Fairview into an apartment. And uh, Ken came over one day and he said, hey, Pastor Reed, listen, man. Things are tight. I need to get a set of tires to put on my pickup truck. Back then, Ken was driving a... Uh, the white and blue. The uh, white and blue Fred the, Sanford. The Fred Sanford truck. Ford F-150. 91. F-150. 91 F-150. He said, Pastor Ray, I need tires so I can get to work. You know, I've got these two little kids I need to take care of. He also, he also, this was probably about seven, eight years ago, also needed uh, some money for, for, for diapers uh, for, for his youngest, Ken Ken. Rent. Rent. He needed all of that. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Are you listening to what I'm saying? And when we gave Ken the check through our benevolence ministry to get, to get the tires and to get the stuff that he needed for his kids, what did you say to me? Um, I told you that I wanted to write the first million dollar check for City Church. Did you hear what he just said? No, y'all missed that. When he didn't have money to buy tires, but he didn't have money to buy diapers. The words that came out of Ken's mouth were, I will write the first million dollar check to Converge Church. You know why God honored that? Because God gives seed to the sower. If you, if you incline your heart to be generous toward God, God's going to put it in your hand. What we don't realize is, Ken, money only amplifies and magnifies who you already are. If you're stingy now, when you get the money, you're going to be just as stingy. It ain't going to change you. If you can't give on this level, you ain't going to give on that level. 
And God honored a simple declaration of faith. I will be the first one to write a million dollar check to Converge Church when he didn't have money to buy tires. There are some of us sitting in this room right now say, Pastor Ray, I know you're asking for an offering for the building. I don't have it. My challenge to you is, listen, it's not about the amount. A few weeks ago, we had a guy come up here who only had $2. Y'all remember that story? He only had $2 in his pocket, and he gave a dollar in the offering. By the time he walked out of that service, God had moved on somebody's heart to give him $300. It's never about the amount. It's about your willingness and the condition of your heart, because that's what God sees. Let me just say it this way. Let me just say it this way. Ken didn't write a million-dollar check to make this happen. It was a million-dollar check times several, several, several millions. Why did God bless him, and why has God blessed him to the degree that he has? It's because when he had nothing, he gave what he could. His time, he gave his talent, and now he's able to give out of his treasure. Ken, say something to the people from your heart. First off, it's good to be home. Uh, good to see you. Uh, there's a lot of faces I haven't seen in a while. Um, it's about community. It's about legacy. And legacy is not just those who come from your loins. It's all those you can impact for generations and generations to come. And one thing I can say about the spirit of uh, I'll tell this story, and, and hopefully it means you, you get it, but when I met Pastor Ray 15, 16 years, yeah, my, my first daughter's 14, and she wasn't here yet, so um, um, my only daughter, actually, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, wait a minute. but he, he said uh, I, was, I was in Fort Worth, and I would drive uh, to... The, the the older the bigger church uh, you were a staff pastor at that point and you know he knew I played he knew my great uncle um, he knew of my great uncle and so he was like hey when you get a chance if you're out here let me know and we'll go to lunch and grab a bite now I knew of him but that church had like three thousand people coming the weekend over three thousand so I was like oh okay yeah this guy's not gonna have time. I really didn't think about it. I ended up a client. I was doing. I was building fences back then, guys. So um, uh, it's not what I went to school for, but that's what was going to pay something at that point. So, Say that. <laughs> so uh, I, I was out. A client wasn't home, and I had to wait. And I said, "Oh, you know what? Let me call Pastor Ray and see." He answered, and not only did he answer, he said, "Yeah, give me." You know, he says, hey, Doc, hey, give me, <laughs> he said, give me, give me like 15, 20 minutes and uh, we can meet. He actually answered, set a time, and showed up. But understand how big that church is and a staff pastor, and I think you were, what we called you social pastor or something like that. So he's the one that actually went and talked to everybody and did like a lot of the interfacing. If you don't understand what that means, like he, oh, by the way, he didn't ask me for anything. He didn't say, come play. He didn't say, can you do this for us, for me, for my, he just spent time and talked. That authenticity stuck with me. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm a nobody little construction trying to make ends meet fence. 
whatever guy at that point, you know. And this guy who is responsible for interfacing with over 3,000 people, if, if time permits, and he made time. I grew up in church, and a lot of people in leadership say, hey, oh, we'll do this and do that. But I guarantee you, most of the time, unfortunately, it comes with a, a tag on it. It may not be money, but it's, it's they want to talk to you for a reason other than just getting to know you. Uh, ever since that point, I, the authenticity from Pastor Ray, Pastor Wendy, the spirit of the family, and the spirit of the church, wherever they were, has always been about building. And we used to say raise resource and release. And, you know, and so that stuck with me. And I knew that, uh, I told you one day, I said, Elijah, Elisha. Yeah. I didn't know in what way, that's just what I saw. And all I wanted to do was, uh, how, how do I do what helped that do the next thing? All I knew was the impact, but I didn't know how, what, whatever. It was, I, I had a dream one time, and basically I saw our hands coming out of a, a globe. And what I got from it, without telling that whole story, is basically, what do you have in your hands right now? Do whatever you can with that right now. Don't worry about how, if you have it, if you're blessed to see the vision, that's good. See that, and then forget about that for the moment and work on what's in front of you right now. All right? And God will, the mechanics of how that will come, he'll do that. Whether that means mental, emotional anguish, whether it means financial trouble or any kind of, and maybe it's not trouble, maybe it's just a, a project or a, a, something that you need to do or you have on your heart to do, but it's not negative, like it's not painful. Either way, it's still the same thing. What's in your hands to do now? You yeah. remember, do what is possible, do what's necessary yeah. so that you can do what is possible, possible so that you can do what was one impossible. Yes, sir. Right. That was a conversation we had. And I told him, Ken, just start by doing what's necessary. And if you be faithful in doing what's necessary, it may not be the thing you were educated for and he graduated from Texas A&M. You may not be doing the thing that you were, you paid thousands of dollars to do. You're building fences, but just start with what's necessary. And if you're faithful in doing what's necessary, eventually you will start to do what's possible. And if you're faithful in doing what's possible before long, you will begin to do the things that were seemingly impossible, like what Ken has done for our church. We were back, back in the office, and I'm going to wrap up with this because I still have to preach. But before we do that, I want you to pray uh, for those who give, gave this morning. And even for those who were unable to give, uh, we just want you to pray for us and for our church. Uh, but one of the things he said in, the, in, the, in, the, in my office before we came out was use the currency of whatsoever, whatever is in your hand right now. I think you alluded to that. And the currency of what you had before you had the treasure was your time and your talent. Listen, this guy would show up at, uh, before 8 a.m. when we were in the movie theater with his two young kids to set up and to run sound. He used the currency of what was in his hand, his time and his talent. And God saw that. And God honored that. He did what was necessary. He did what was possible. And now, by the grace of God, we're doing things together that I once, that he once thought was impossible. Everybody show your love.
for Ken Alexander. Was there something else you wanted to say? You got it? All right. Uh, this is what we're going to do. Ken, why don't you just pray for us? Uh, pray for those here, those online, uh, as we give this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the life and love, the experience, the ups and the downs, and everything you've given us, provided us the opportunity to, to walk with you with. I thank you for this family online, present with us, yes. around the world, international. Thank you for allowing us to have this network and this relationship, this thank fellowship. You. We thank you for the path that you've allowed us to see and the parts that we don't even know, we can't even imagine of how we're going to leave legacy and impact and touch yes. millions, Father. We'll see generations, and then there'll be generations that we won't see changed, impacted, have a better quality of life, not only after, but while we're here on this earth. Lord, we thank you again for all of the courage, all of the trials, the tribulations that you've allowed everyone to experience and grow through. And we know ultimately that you are in charge and you control all of it. We yes. trust you, God. We trust you in your process. On behalf of everyone under the sound of my voice, Father, please, please forgive us for our doubts. Forgive us for those times where we, we folded up and said, I can't do this. Thank you. And again, thank you for bringing us back to the path. Mm. Lord, I ask that you touch everyone's heart. Yes. You touch their life. Mm. And you give them exactly what they need. Only you know what they need. You give them the courage when they need it. Give them the peace to thank walk you. through the trial and the storms. And let them know, remind them when it's necessary. God, be merciful as you are to give them that little bit of nudge push if they need it just to get through. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you again for what we're going to do. We thank you for all those who will take this seed that we've planted and magnify and water it, those who yes, will help uh, groom the harvest, those who will provide more seed. Uh, thank you for our pastors. Thank you for our leadership. Thank you for those who, who are part of our board, those who are not even present, or other churches we are poured into to make this Converge situation a reality. Thank you, Lord. Lord, the name itself, Converge, bringing together. Pastor Ray once said to us, you gave him a word about histories not being smooth, but they collide. They're, they're, they're a crashing of past and experiences. Mm. Father, we want to be that centerpiece that calming peace, that glue that brings all of that together so that this world will have one light at least yes. of what you are and what's to come. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Awesome. Awesome. Ken, thank you so much. Listen, y'all can tell Ken is my son in the faith. That prayer had about four or five closings. <laughs> Come on, somebody. The apple don't fall far from the tree. Oh, don't, don't leave yet. Uh, one last thing I'm going to say. So, so uh, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't do this. Uh, Pastor Wendy isn't in the room because yeah. if she were in the room, she would do this. Uh, yeah. But just for the record, Ken is single. <laughs> ladies. <laughs> but here's the question all the ladies are asking is simply this. We know you're single, but are you ready to mingle? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Very good. Everybody show your love before we dive into the word. Uh, Stephen Q. Stephen Q was in the house. 
<laughs> uh, filling in on worship. Stephen is, a, Stephen is a recording artist, uh, from what I understand, and, and you're new to us. I'm just now meeting you, uh, but uh, you just re released an album, a project that you have, um, or it's in process. Uh, my first project is called uh, Postcards. Postcards. Yes. Um, uh, specifically, like every song should be coming from its own place. Okay. Um, kind of like, if I were to describe it, it's like people are all, kind of like postcards. We all have one side that we see, it's a picture. I can see y'all and just think that's what it is. But when I flip over mm -hmm. and when I actually see what's on the other side, mm -hmm. I get to see what the, what the real meaning of what's behind you. And we that's all good. have a whole, a whole lot of things that are uh, diverse that makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. And I just thank God for being able to, to, to be here and wow. to share a little bit. This is um, one, the one thing that I do is, is a postcard challenge. And I okay. appreciate y'all doing something. But, um, and specifically, I tell people to write down something that's encouraging to you, to yourself, mm. and you share it with someone else. What that does is you, you, you're operating and being able to speak life yeah. and speak what God has given you, and then sharing that. A lot of times, we're afraid to share it. Right. And what I've seen is that when we are sharing our testimonies mm. and we are sharing what God has done, even now, the testimony that's going forth, it, it allows people to open up. We're in a generation where we're like like this, right. that we can't allow God to open up. So I, I appreciate y'all allowing us this time Absolutely. to cherish this moment, to be with you guys in a moment that is not promised. You know what I'm saying? You're standing next to somebody who is who is somebody's prayer, who is somebody's blessing. Yeah. And so when we kind of see each other as uh, more than just objects mm. and um, being able to speak, I just, um, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you, Marcus, for allowing me to come here and yeah. share um, with you guys the experience awesome. with God this morning. We're honored that you're here. Everybody show your love one more time for Stephen Q, C-U-E. Where can they find your project? Um, you can find it everywhere, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere that is streamed. Uh, Stephen Q spelled S-T-P-H-E-N-C-U-E. I appreciate y'all spelling that. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many Stephen awesome. and Stephens out here, so it's like, you know. It's a blessing um, to, to be able to share that. Awesome. Yeah. Show your love for the rest of Converge Worship. Patrick Favors on drums. Spencer Kenny on guitar. Let's pray and we'll dive into the word together. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, for this day that you have made. God, we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we draw near to your word now with reverence, with great humility. And God, we trust you to speak to us as only you can. We thank you, God, for your promise in Psalm 92 that those who are planted, in the house of the Lord, will flourish in the courts of our God. Father, make that our testimony. Make that our story. Cause us to flourish. Cause us to expand. Cause us to increase for your glory, spirit, soul, and body. And we ask it in the strong name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen and amen. Uh, it's okay. Y'all can leave that behind me. That's fine. That's fine. Um, before I dive into the word, we know today is a National Back to Church Sunday. Uh, so if you're visiting with us for the first time, listen, we're, we're honored that you're here. Uh, we live here in the buckle of the Bible Belt, so we know you have options when it comes to where you choose to worship. And we are deeply honored that you're here this morning. And that's on behalf of myself, Pastor Wendy, our entire leadership team here at Converge. As I mentioned earlier, uh, today I kick off a brand new uh, sermon series that we're calling Planted, Planted. We're going to unpack, we're going to uncover uh, biblical keys uh, to a fruitful life. Biblical keys 
to a fruitful life. Our anchor text for this series and for today's sermon is lifted from Psalm 1, from Psalm 1, the ancient text. Uh, Now, uh, the Psalms are uh, divided into three books. Uh, The first book uh, is uh, Psalm 1 through Psalm 41. And most of the Psalms in, in this first book are attributed to David. There are other writers of the Psalms, such as Moses, such as Asaph. And what's also notable about Psalms is that these are songs of worship. So when you're reading through the book of Psalms, it's like reading the lyrics to a worship song. Uh, Even when David is writing about chopping off his enemies' heads. It was a song of worship that was sung uh, congregationally in the temple and among God's people. In fact, uh, most of the Psalms, when you read uh, them in the scriptures, you will find that they are written, they are recorded, uh, uh, sort of like the stanzas to a hymn or the verses to a song. It is first and foremost poetry. Uh, This first Psalm that we're going to exegete, that we're going to look at line upon line, precept upon precept, is the first Psalm of David. And uh, it gives us the blueprint for what it looks like to live a fruitful life. Not only that you and I can experience a fruitful life, live out a fruitful life, but what's also equally as important is that it is God's desire and it is God's will that you are fruitful. In fact, Jesus said it this way, that it is the Father's desire that in your life, In my life, we bear much fruit, fruit that will remain. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like to live a fruitful, productive life as we look to the Psalms. Are y'all ready for the word this morning? The Psalm picks up in verse number one, uh, and it says, Blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. This man, this woman, shall be like a tree planted. Somebody say planted. This man, this woman shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Come on, somebody. And whatever, somebody say whatever. That is an all-inclusive statement. Whatever. Whatever you set your hands to, whatever you touch, will prosper. We're going to uncover in these three verses God's blueprint for a fruitful life. Now, so we can level step expectations and so that we can all speak and think and process from the same vantage point, the same context. Let me give you a working definition for what the word planted is for uh, as we navigate this series. Uh, The word planted is simply defined as to set in the soil... For growth. I love that definition. It means that you put something somewhere. You set it there. It gives the sense of stability. Not jumping around. 
not floating around, but being set in one place for the purpose of growth. For those of us who become uncomfortable staying in one place for an extended period of time, for those who are uncomfortable or impatient with the process, there can be no growth until you put your roots down. And for those of us who shift and move with every tossing of the wind, your decisions and your actions become counterproductive to your growth because you are not set in the soil, you are not planted, you have no roots, therefore you have no stability, and you are tossed to and fro with every wind of change and difficulty. Planted. To set in the soil for growth. It also means to be deeply rooted. It also means to be firmly fixed or held in one place. That means the foundation of all growth and all fruitfulness is the willingness and the decision, the commitment to be firmly rooted, to be firmly grounded, and not move and not shift when things get hard or when they don't go according to your script. Are you with me? Hmm. Why is this important? It's important because God's original plan for man is his eternal plan for man. I'll say that again. What God decided for mankind and humanity, including you and me, is his eternal plan. What he decided originally is also eternal. He's not going to change his mind about his plan and his desire for how he wants us to move in this life and in the earth. And this is what God said emphatically in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. He wasn't just saying it to Adam and Eve. He was saying it to us as well, thousands of years later. And this is what God said in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 to 28. He informs Adam and he informs Eve. And as a consequence, he informs us of his plan and his purpose for our lives. In Genesis 1, 26 to 28, and here it is. It is threefold. Number one, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, this is speaking not only in a bi biological sense, it is also speaking of a life that bears fruit. It's speaking of a life that is productive. It is speaking of a life that makes a difference. It's speaking of a life that makes other people's lives better as a result of having encountered yours. That's where God wants you to live. He wants you to be fruitful and he wants you to multiply. Multiply simply means he wants to, you to reproduce yourself in others. Hmm. It begs the question, how many of us want more of us around? No, no, serious question. For those of us who don't even like ourselves. I'm talking about people who have the internal struggle, who wrestle with something that God made. God made you the way he made you, with all your curves and all your edges, all your perfect imperfect. Come on, John Legend. Whew. 
Y'all can tell what pastor I've been listening to. And yet we wrestle. We wrestle with what God made. We wrestle with what God called good. We wrestle when God says, when I created you, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Yet we want to exchange the life God gave us for somebody else's life. And we don't realize that the grass seems greener from where you're standing because you can't see the poop on the other side of the fence. Sorry for being crude. Sorry for being crass. But may I submit to you this morning, Converge Church, in person and online, God cannot bless or empower who you pretend to be. If your goal in life is to be somebody else, the best you will ever be is second. Because there will only be one Michael Jordan, only be one Tiger Woods. And I wonder how many of us are stuck in life because we have tried to exchange the version of who we were created to be for the version that we covet. The first reason you exist on the earth is to be fruitful. That means something good is supposed to come out of you. Something productive that helps other people. Second thing he says, he says, fill the earth and subdue it. Fill the earth and subdue it. I'm going to talk about this in the weeks to come because I want to move through this message. But here's the third, third thing God said to Adam. And by extension, he says to us, I want you to have dominion. Come on, are you listening to me? He wants you and he wants me to have dominion in the earth. The way he said it in Deuteronomy chapter 28. He said, if you will diligently hearken, that means to hear and obey. Not just to hear it, but if you will hear my commandments and obey them. These blessings, listen to me, will run after you and they will overtake you. He said, you will be above only and not beneath. You will be the head and not the tail. You will be blessed going out and coming in. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Your storehouse and your basket will be blessed if you will listen to my instructions. Somebody say dominion. That's where God created you to live. Above only, not beneath, the head and never the tail. He told Adam, I'm creating you to have dominion, to rule in the earth and subdue it in standing in my authority in the earth. And how many of us have lost sight of the authority and the power that you and I have in Christ? And we have settled for mediocrity when God has called us to greatness. Man, it's awful quiet in this Presbyterian church. Say, Pastor Ray, what are you saying? Everything Jesus did on the cross, he did to restore what Adam lost. The cross was about more than just getting sinners to heaven. The cross was also about allowing God's people to win in this life. There is a false, distorted gospel that says, oh yeah, Suffer through this life, and then when you get to heaven, he'll wipe away all your tears. 
Yet the word of God teaches us that God has created us to have dominion here and now. Not in the sweet by and by, here and now. Yeah, I could sense some, of, some people struggling with that. Because you can't even see beyond where you are right now. What this message will do is create a vision in your heart. Not of what was. Not even of what is. It will create a vision in your heart for what is possible. Most people live in the past, what was. Some people contend and wrestle with the present, what is. Life is always going to be this way. Yet what vision will do is it will, it will allow you to exchange what was, what is, for what is possible. The preferred future that God has already designed for you. Come on, somebody. If you track your word, I'm saying, just say an amen. Somewhere in there, let the pastor know you're listening. Uh, no, this is good news this morning. It's good news this morning. It's good news this morning. That there is something greater and something better than what I'm experiencing right now. If you don't see beyond where you are now, listen to me. You're going to throw in the towel and quit right here. Yet the scripture says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised. You know why Jesus went to the cross and didn't even say a word? He saw you, Brian. He saw you, Trey. He saw you, Chuck and Sabrina. He saw Converge Church. And if you, all you see is the cross and the pain of the cross, you'll never see beyond You'll never see beyond what you're going through to what you're going to. The vision God wants to create in our hearts as a church is that we move beyond what was the past, what is the present, and begin to imagine and live the preferred future that God has prepared for you and me. That's why Jesus went to the cross, so that you and I would win in this life. Do you hear what I'm saying? That you and I would win in this life. So listen to me. God wants to move his people from potential to productivity. Yeah, it's time out for, oh man, you got so much potential. No, no, no. At some point, your potential ought to convert into productivity. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We, we ain't going to talk about the stuff that you got in you that's been lying dormant. At some point, you got to fan into flame the gift of God that is within you so that you move from productivity, from possibility, I mean from potential to productivity. Potential speaks to what is possible. Productivity speaks to what is actual. Are you understand what I'm saying? And the problem with it is the thing that undermines our productivity is our patterns. You got potential. You never reach your potential because of your patterns. Your patterns speak to what is predictable. 
So somebody can say, man, you got potential. Uh, you're going to get a scholarship to a, D, scholarship to a D1 school. And I can look at somebody's potential, no matter how gifted they are, and I can almost predict the shelf life on their potential because they have patterns that undermine their potential. And let me say over here to the charismatics over here. <laughs> potential speaks to what is possible. Patterns speak to what is predictable. So you got all this talent and all this potential, but you don't want to go to practice. You don't want to go and work out. You don't listen to your coach. I don't care how much potential you got. Your patterns have already undermined the possibilities that could exist in your life. And most people never get from potential to productivity because of the patterns in their life that undermine the gift of God. In this series, God's going to help all of us to move beyond just potential. Oh, man, you're so gifted. Oh, man, you got so much talent. Oh, I can see your future. Now, at some point, let me tell you, the most potential-filled space on earth is your local cemetery. Songs that were never written, businesses that were never launched, dreams that died because people didn't move from potential to productivity because they had patterns that undermined what God wanted to do in them and through them. God wants us to move from intention to implementation. Most people have good intentions, but you've heard the quote, you've heard the old adage, listen to me, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I know you mean well, I know you meant well, but meaning well and doing well aren't the same thing. And at some point, God wants his people to move beyond just meaning well, just having good intentions to doing well. God wants people to be able to examine our lives and see fruit. He wants to see fruit. He wants to see something hanging from the tree. Yeah, I know you're a big tree, but where the fruit? In season, out of season, where the fruit? At some point, we have to ask ourselves that question. Have I moved from potential to productivity? Third thing, God wants us to move from just having a dream to destiny. And he wants us to move from just having faith to fulfillment. Where you actually start to walk in the thing that you've been trusting God to do. So here it is. Y'all say this with me. In order to do that, we got to do something. Here it is. Say this with me. Understand the plan. Follow the pattern. Receive the promise. Let me say that again. Understand the plan. Follow the pattern. Receive the promise. We, all, we now understand the plan, Genesis 1, 26 to 8. God's plan is that we be fruitful and multiply. That we replenish the earth and subdue it and we have dominion. That is God's plan for us. It's his original plan he gave to Adam. It's his eternal plan he gave to the church. So I understand the plan. But now we have to discover the pattern 
What is the pattern of God that will allow us to become fruitful in every area of our lives? Fruitful in our lives. Wait, wait, listen, where you say, you know what? My life matters. My life counts for something. Where you discover your God-ordained purpose. And may I submit to you that God's purpose and plan for your life is not just success. That God's purpose and plan for your life is significance. Let me tell you what the difference is. Success is what happens to you. Significance is what you allow God to do through you. It would be one thing for Ken to experience success in his business and do absolutely nothing with it. That's success. But when you translate your success, no matter how big or small it is, into significance, where your life isn't a dead end, when your life becomes a freeway and a channel that God uses, that's why you and I are here. And not everybody's going to do it in the marketplace. Not everybody's going to do it in the corporate space. For some of us, our significance is raising our children well so that they can be the next president, the next congressman, the next judge. Maybe your portion in life is not for you to be a multimillionaire, but maybe it's the person to, you're going to be the person to influence them. You may not be the person to preach to millions of people around the world like Billy Graham, but you could be the person that shares the gospel with him. What are you allowing God to do through you? Because if you think that this series of messages is just about you accumulating more stuff that you sit on and you never allow God to do it through you, remember, the scripture says God gives seed to the sower. If you can establish yourself as someone with an open hand, God's going to get you all the seed you need. The problem is he can't trust you with the seed because if you put the seed in your hand, The reason he could trust Ken, the reason he could trust Malak, the reason he could trust this other lady is because they've already committed themselves to be sowers. So God says, you know, I can, get, I can trust you. Let me, let me tell you, God ain't going to send nothing down from heaven to you because it's going to be counterfeit. No, God will give you wisdom. God will give you ideas. God will give you opportunities when you're faithful to him to go and get it. And when you go and get it, the question is, will you redistribute it? The world's problem is not lack. The world's problem is distribution. That's why you got one person worth $50 billion and people living in abject poverty. It's a distribution problem. And there's some people in this room right now who are blocking, who are supposed to be a channel of blessing. Listen, all this week I was here at this building, but I was also at the U-Haul renting U-Hauls for people in our church who had been evicted from their homes. Renting an extended stay for somebody else who had been evicted from their home. You know why we give here at Converge? It's so that we can help people in their season of emergency. 
without embarrassing them, without disgracing them, because this is what we're called to do as the church. Your success is not meant to be self-serving. And that's what God is calling us to do. I just want to make it crystal clear to you. This message is not about how you're going to get rich quick just to buy a bigger house. The question is, what will you allow God to do through you? And if you haven't settled it in your heart now, if you haven't settled it in your heart now, that you will live with a generous disposition, it ain't going to happen, baby. Well, there are a lot of things you can do to make it happen. But with God's blessing, it ain't happening, baby. Now, why did I get on that again? I don't know. All right. Let me say this, and then we're out of your way. Okay. Um, Here it is. I I just want you to know, I I ain't fussing at you. No, I, I hope I'm challenging you to live on a higher level. And if there's any uh, selfish motive in anything that I'm saying to you, man, God, I want God to deal with me. I have absolutely no ulterior motive in anything that I'm saying to you, except that I want you as God's sons and daughters to experience everything that he has for you. And it happens by being planted putting your roots down, not bouncing around, not floating around, not being non-committal, not being not committed to anything. And then we wonder why we get more of the same. Won't commit to anything, easily offended. Okay, so here it is. Uh, We're in Psalm 1 and verse 1, aren't we? Come on, somebody. I'm going to let y'all go. Uh, I'm sorry. If the Cowboys playing at 12, oh, at 3, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. I'm glad y'all told me. I can keep y'all till about 2.55. Yeah, take your time, Pastor. All the time I need. Come on, somebody. I appreciate that. No, no, I'm going to let y'all go here in a few minutes, for reals. But here's, here's the pattern. Y'all ready for the pattern? Uh, number one, he said blessed. Psalm 1 and verse 1, he says blessed. That word blessed, it means happy. It means prosperous. It means fortunate. It means favored. It also means envied. It means those five things in the Hebrew. Let me just talk about the first word, happy. If we're to, to, to consider What David was writing, he was saying, let me tell you about the man who goes through life happy. Listen to me. People say that uh, 2020 was this massive reset. I think it's true. But what it also exposed is how unhealthy people are emotionally. Uh, for those of you who are therapists in the audience, you know uh, the, how uh, anxiety, depression, uh, all these other 
uh, emotions have skyrocketed. How many people are now on medication? Pastor Wendy went back to teaching this year, and she's dealing with kids, and she's like, oh, my goodness. How can a child be this young dealing with emotions on this level? There is something unnatural about where most Americans are today because of the onslaught of everything that is happening in our world. Yet the Bible gives us a promise that there is a pattern that you and I can follow that will allow us to be blessed, happy, peace of mind, joy unspeakable and full of glory, where we can prosper in the midst of difficulty. And let me just qualify what that word prosper means in the Hebrew and the Greek. It means to have success on your journey. That's what the word literally means. It ain't about having a lot of money. It ain't about having, but to have success on your journey. And sometimes that does mean having your needs met. But God, when God says, I want you to be blessed and prosperous, it means I want you to have success on your journey. Your journey as a man, your journey as a woman, your journey as a husband, your journey as a father, your journey as a wife, your journey as a mother. I want you to have success and be blessed in every area of your life. But then he tells us that one of the keys to experiencing this sort of happiness this sort of prosperity, this sort of good fortune is to consider your environment. And the environment that he identifies in Psalm 1 is our, you're ready for this? Our relational environments. Part of the reason people struggle and don't experience the peace of God, the happiness of God, the joy of the Lord, the favor of God is because they around the wrong people. And so what he's saying is, make sure that you're planted in the right soil. Make sure that you're surrounded by the right kind of soil, the right environments. And he gives us three relational environments. Notice what he says. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In the NIV, it reads thus, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. When people look at your life, is there a distinction between you and people who don't know Jesus? Because more and more, y'all, I'm having trouble making a distinction between God's people and people who are not Christ's followers. The people of the world, they talk a certain way, walk a certain way, respond a certain way. You look at church folk, doing the exact same thing. In fact, I would venture to say that church folk are getting their cues from what is culturally relevant. And instead of influencing culture, the church is being influenced by culture. And we are walking in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm starting to wonder if some of my pastor friends want to be pastors or rock stars. I can't tell the difference. I'm trying to figure out if they're trying to be kingdom-minded or YouTube influencers. And the scripture says, you're blessed if you don't walk in step with the wicked. When I was in the army, one of the things, the first thing they taught us to do was to, to march 
and to run in cadence. That means everybody runs in step. Left, right, left, right, left, right, left. Nine inches to the front. I'm sorry, nine to the front, yes, yeah, six to the rear. They taught us to march, to walk, and to run in step. That when I extend my hand forward, when I'm marching, it goes nine inches, it goes back six inches. Everybody walks in step. You walk and you march and you run in cadence. And I wonder how many of us are not experiencing the blessing and the favor and the fortune of the Lord because we're walking in step with the counsel of ungodly people. Your soil is bad. Your soil is bad. Relational environments. Relational influences. Why is this important? Proverbs 13 and 20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. Y'all hear that? Relational environments. If you're with wise people, you'll be wise. If you're with fools, you will be destroyed. Yet there is a promise of blessing that you could be happy, that you could be fortunate and prosperous, but we've chosen the wrong relational environments. Here's the second reason that that is critical. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. I love what Paul writes. Paul says, listen, don't get it twisted. Do not be misled. Bad company? It's going to rub off on you. Well, let me say that again. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And most of us forfeit this promise of living in the favor of God because we're unwilling to disconnect and detach from the ungodly, from the wicked, and from the scornful. And we don't realize that my company, the company I keep, is impacting my character. You know one of the things you do with plants? And I wish Pastor Wendy were here because she, she loves plants. But you know this? Chris Gillum is here from time to time, you have to repot a plant in order for it to continue to grow. Because sometimes you outgrow the pot that you were in. Most of us are unwilling to give up relationships that were part of our history. But we don't realize those relationships that are part of our history are now hindering our destiny. Some of y'all in this room, it's time for you to be repotted. But because of our unwillingness, to change pots. We're victims of arrested development. Your roots have outgrown the pot, but you're insisting on staying in that environment. And what we forfeit in the process is a fruitful life. A companion of fools will be destroyed. All right. So why is that important? Ah, I got to let y'all go. Why is that important? I'm just going to give you this and I'll let you go. If you heard me say it uh, once, you've heard me say it a thousand times, it bears repeating. Uh, the first thing he says is that there is a state of being you can experience which is being blessed. That is contingent upon the soil that you plant your life in, your relational environments and influences. Bad soil, bad outcomes. Bad company, corrupted character, 
no fruitful life. That's the first thing he says. Now let me close with environments and influences. You've heard me say this multiple times. Again, it bears repeating. It is a pattern that we see in our lives or we should see in our lives. Your environment will determine what you're exposed to. Your exposure will determine your experiences. Your experiences will determine your expectations, good or bad, reasonable or unreasonable. Y'all see that? Your environments will determine what you're exposed to. The counsel of wise men or the counsel of fools. It will determine whether you have wisdom or you just taking your cues from Bravo. Real House Lives of Dubai now, of Salt Lake City, of Atlanta. Let me tell you, the environments you entertain will determine what you normalize in your life. Y'all hear that? The environments you entertain will determine what you normalize. And if you normalize foolishness and mayhem, you'll get more of the same. Because your environment will determine what you're exposed to. What you're exposed to will determine your experiences. Your experiences will determine your expectations, good or bad. This is introductory, so let me close out. The third thing he says, not only is there a state of being that is possible, which is to be blessed, it's contingent upon the soil you plant your life in, your relational environments. But he says you can make a shift and make a different choice where your new relational environments, you begin to put the right seed into your life. And he says, but this man, this woman's delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates on it day and night. Somebody say the seed. So you have the state of being, you have the soul, and then you have the seed which is God's word. It says this man or this woman meditates in God's word day and night. They put the right seed into their lives. Number four speaks of supply and sufficiency, and we're going to talk about this in the weeks to come. It says that person is like a tree, what? Planted. Planted. Put your roots down by streams of living water. Somebody say supply. Streams, streams, streams of living water. We're going to talk about those streams where we need to, listen, those streams where we need to plant our lives. Most of us are planted in the wrong places, I'm telling you. But when you plant your life by streams of living water, here's what happens. Sufficiency. 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 It says you will yield your fruit in season. And it says your leaf will not wither, and whatever, listen to me, whatever you do will prosper. Somebody say supply and sufficiency. This is the process, this is the pattern to a fruitful life that God introduces in Psalm 1. He says there is an opportunity for you to be blessed, but here's the pattern you follow. Be selective about your environments. 
Be selective about the seed that you plant in the soil of your heart and the soil of your life. And make sure you're planted by the right streams so you can have the right supply and have sufficiency in everything you set your hands to. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do over the next few weeks. God, I thank you that you're moving us, not just personally and individually, but God, more importantly, collectively, into a season of fruitfulness. That in every area of our lives, we will begin to produce much fruit, even fruit that will remain. I thank you, God, that you're bringing us into a season where we are fruitful and we multiply. And God, where we have dominion in every area of our lives. Father, I speak this over your people now. Just as you said in Deuteronomy 28, that God, if we will simply hear and obey your word, if we would hear it and obey it, we would be above only and not beneath, the head and not the tail, blessed going out, blessed coming in. Lord, I pray especially for that one who is overwhelmed by their present circumstances. God, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be overtaken and overwhelmed. I know what it's like to live in a place of not enough. God, I know what it's like to live in a place of just enough. And for that one this morning who finds themselves in that place, I pray that hope will begin to arise in their hearts. That all of us will begin to see that there is more. More beyond where I am now. God, as we follow your pattern, the soil, the seed, the supply, and sufficiency, that we will begin to bear much fruit, even fruit that will remain. Father, for those of us who need to be repotted, Father, do it now in this moment. And as we do that, you may be here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never invited him to be Lord of your life. If that's you this morning, we want to give you that opportunity. God wants to change the soil of your life, the environments and influences of your life. And he wants to be your everything. If that's you with every head bowed, every eye closed, slip up that hand. We want to pray for you. Say, Pastor Ray, it's time for me to change some things. Give me a new beginning, a fresh start. Repot my life. Slip up that hand if that's you this morning. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see those hands. Amen. Pray this prayer with me all together. As we come into agreement with these, I think there was four or five who said, you know what? I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. Pray this with me. Dear God, I come to you now. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sin. And because of your shed blood, I am forgiven. Thank you, Father, for a new beginning, for a fresh start in Jesus Christ. I thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. And on the third day, you rose again. Lord, I thank you that I am born again 
a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give that up to the Lord this morning. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, we have some resources for you. Uh, we have a Bible, and we have a mini book called Fresh Start. It'll help you jumpstart your walk with God. It's got chapters in there that will teach you about reading God's Word and prayer, the importance of uh, fellowship and community, and serving the local church. We want to make that resource available to you. We want to put that in your hands. We'd love to connect with you, Pastor Wendy and I, immediately following the service at, uh, at our Welcome Center, just to shake our hands and hug your neck. It's our way of saying thank you for being here. I see some new faces here. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. Once again, thank you for being a part of National Back to Church Sunday uh, with us. Listen, I invite you to join us next week and in the weeks to come as we continue this series, Planted. Uh, also, our fast starts on the 25th. Uh, we want you to be a part of that as well. And then work days every Saturday over the next several Saturdays. In fact, next Saturday is going to be a landscaping party. And uh, man, we're going to listen. I've seen the drawings, the sketches. Chris is our project manager. Uh, every single week when you come, you're going to see something new that is going to wow you. Uh, we're just getting started with the facelift outside and inside. It's going to be absolutely incredible. A house that God will be pleased with. We want you to be a part of that. So if you got some skills, if you got some tools, make sure you bring them. We're going to be out there working, putting in some sweat equity into this miracle. If you've got a green thumb, we want you to come. If you ain't got a green thumb, we'll let you pour some mulch. Come on, somebody. Or spread it. Come on, somebody. But every Saturday, uh, in fact, there's a sign-up genius. Did you guys have the link? We'll, we'll send it out by email. You can sign up there, 8 to 10 a.m., 2 hours, or 10 to noon. If you want to stay the whole time, we welcome that as well. Why don't you stand with us as we're dismissed? Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Did that help anybody this morning? Yeah, 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 yeah. Planted. Planted. Biblical keys to a fruitful life. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Lord, be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you peace in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurchweareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.